the nation's best are coming to Hamilton. The Marauders are proud to host the 2023 U Sports Men's Volleyball National Championship and will welcome the top men's volleyball teams in Canada to McMaster University. Eight teams, 11 games, and only one champion. Secure your spot now and be there to catch all of the action. Your seat awaits. Tickets are available at marauders.ca slash tickets. Hello and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show, Josh. Look at us. Back to it. We have no idea what time in history this is, when we recorded this, or what's going on in the world. We are stuck in a time loop where we have no idea what's going on. So welcome back to the show. Hopefully you're having a great week, year. No idea, Josh. How are you doing this Tuesday, Friday? Who would know, Garrett, that the hardest part about running a podcast isn't actually like recording the content. It's getting it posted on time. So you don't have a log jam of content in the back end. So like th- this is good. It's good to be back uh, again. We're streaking. But to our loyal listeners, they're probably like, no, you guys keep missing a weeks here and there. But, you know, th- to us, this is a streak. We have no idea what's happening. Are we streaking? Comment down below. <laughs> No, we have no idea what's going on. So we're going to talk some volleyball today. If it's your first time joining us, thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button, five-star the podcast, all that great stuff. We talk about volleyball, beach volleyball, all things volleyball here because we are volleyball nerds, Josh. But we got a great guest today. And Josh, you're the guest guy. And there's a little bit of nepotism happening in this episode, but I think we got to be okay with it. We'll see how Hey, we'll see how it goes. If this guest is good, then I mean, credit to you. But if it doesn't go that well, then maybe we need to. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to the podcast setter for the York men's volleyball team. Jazz Raj Najjar. Welcome, Jazz. How are you doing, buddy? Hopefully I said your name correctly. Unlike the announcer at York. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Only pretty good. Okay, I got to get better, I guess. But I guess I'm qualified to be an announcer at York University now, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. How are you doing? For those listening, you can't you can't see. But if you're watching, you can see that Jazz, you're joining us from the York team room, right? Is this even do we need are we going to get copyright claimed or something? Are we okay? We're good. We're good. No, no one's here. It's uh around 8.44, and everyone, we already have a practice, so again, I always spend the time here, because like, I get to, get, to get to study, sleep, and this is my, this, this was pretty much my my room at one point. So, so Gary, okay, fun good. fact about the about the team room, you know when the women's game, somebody goes up 2-0, and you have your meeting, and then it goes 3, and then it goes 4, and then it goes 5, so you're just like killing time, and you don't want to talk about the game plan anymore? Uh, me and the other coaches added up the shoes in the room, Garrett, and fun fact, there's over $10,000 of, of shoes in that team room, because I don't know if people did this in your day, Garrett, in the way. everybody has like four or five pairs of shoes, and they're all nice. No, yeah, no one true. did that in my day. I don't think other places do that either. Like one or two pairs of shoes. Who's got five pairs of shoes and why? I think variety, I guess. How many variety. do you, Jazz, oh. you have like three that you wear and probably you're like the ones you have for game. I have, so I have four right now. I have my, my fourth pair is my game day pair. Which are which are hardened threes. Uh, we're only for game day. Then I have two of my uh, Nike High Four Tacks that I got. Uh, one of the white ones, the black ones, and then okay. and my Kobe's. So it's just for style. It's purely for the look. There's no there's no function there. It's just to look different. 
I mean, it also depends that you could change the shoe and everything because, like, then, like, the cushioning and everything is completely different from other styles of shoes. Cause, like, don't, now, don't give me that. Like, you're trying to change up the shoe based on play style. No, it's purely for the luck, okay? Okay. See, welcome to Sharp Cuts. You're not on Sharp Cuts, so you get called out for your first nonsense. Get ready because here comes mine. So, welcome to the show, Jazz. Um, the York team room's looking nice. I'm jealous. I didn't have that in my day. But, anyways, um, so we got a bunch of stuff we want to talk about today and we will get to players and clowns of the week everybody's favorite segment so get ready for that we'll join that later but first up i had something happen to me this month week again unclear what time it is but it happened to me recently or a long time ago we're not sure i think it was recently where i saw a rare volleyball occurrence that you know i I'd never seen before. I've heard of, but I'd never actually seen happen before. So it got me thinking. I'll tell you what it is, but it got me thinking. What are the rare volleyball occurrences? You know, you think about in other sports, they've got some things, big comebacks, certain rule things, whatever. But volleyball's got a few. And I saw one. I saw the elusive double timeout, which I'd never seen before in a game ever, where we took a timeout and then came in for the huddle. We're headed back out. Other team takes a timeout. It's 24-23 in a tense match and double timeout to end the game. So, I mean, I was like, this is this is crazy. I mean, I kind of liked it because I was a bit like that first timeout. It's like, okay, timeout. Then the second timeout's like an ultimate, like, screw you on the first timeout. I'm going to just take a timeout anyways, which I liked. Have you guys ever seen the double timeout? Who was serving in this situation? I imagine you guys were receiving. That's why you called the first timeout, right? Yes, they were serving. So we called the timeout, I guess, to ice the server. So to why get why stall it even more if you're that coach? I, I don't understand their tactics here, Garrett. <laughs> I don't either, but you're going to lose the timeout regardless. Either they score a point and tie it up and you're in a battle, or you – you lose it and you lose the set, you lose the timeout anyway. So why not burn it for a big middle finger to the other coach being like, Oh yeah, you want to take a timeout at 24? Well, here's my timeout back in your face. Talk about it some more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that like, has happened. That has happened with us too. Dave has done that a couple of times, especially against like, when, what? When we, uh, yeah, we've done, we've done that too. It was like, there was you've time. done it. You've seen it multiple times. That's the first time I've ever seen it. And you've done it multiple times this year. Like, no, I've done multiple times, but we're just like, we've done it once where it was like, uh, we were playing our opponent and we're up, we're up game point and right away we call timeout right away just for, just for the person to, whoever was, whoever, I'm not going to name it, but like whoever was serving was going to serve the, was at the back and then, and we're, and we're up two sets to zero and it was 24-23 and we come back out of the timeout and the person misses the serve and the end the game right away. And it was just like a, it was a, it was a smart tactic by our, our coach. So right, but you never. The, but did you did the other team ever then take a timeout right after that? Like a double timeout, two no. in a row without a point being scored. I don't. I haven't seen it this year, Jazz. I I, I don't know if I've seen that ever, Garrett. I've seen right. like Christian Redmond will call both timeouts in a row if he's really mad at the ref. I've seen the same team like burn two in a row. I've oh. never seen like like a A side calls and B side calls. I've never that is rare, Garrett. I've also never seen though a double from the same team. It's a little bush league, I think. 
like a double, but the, right, you're right. Like there, there are two different things, I guess. Like I call a timeout twice. I could just do that. Like it is, but you could just do that. I, right? I wonder if Jeff Stewart can comment below. I, I feel like you are allowed, or do you need to have an interaction after the timeout? Does a point have to be played to call the next one? Obviously it doesn't. Cause you guys called a double timeout. So there doesn't have to be a restart, I guess. Like you could call all four timeouts on the same stoppage. I want to see that. Now. I go, that then you're like, thing. oh yeah. And then I go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Quadruple timeout. And then the Let's 12 get that going. Fans, you're like, why are we, why are we waiting four minutes to play the next point? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the other thing I noted too, is like in other sports, like think about like a, a rare occurrence in, in, uh, in basketball, say, I don't know. Coach gets ejected, right? That's, pretty rare, but you know, you heard of it happening, but everybody in the stands is aware and kind of intrigued with what's going on. The people in a volleyball game, if there's like a double timeout, you've never seen that. Everyone's bored. Nobody cares. It's not like a fun thing. It's like, a, Oh, this is a waste of time. So yeah, a quad timeout, Josh, if we ever play each other in a game, quad timeout at zero, zero. <laughs> no, I'm in charge. So, what are, do you guys have any, any other rare, like what are the other, like in our sport and other sports kind of have this stuff, right? What's the other rarities in volleyball occurrences? I could, I could think of only one other. Well, like, are you looking for rares and like that, that's weird if it happens. Or are you looking for like the, the no hitter in baseball, something that's like special that doesn't happen that often, but it's like happened enough that people are aware of it. Are you looking for stuff that makes you go like, huh, that's, that's new. Well, I guess like a, a no hitter in baseball, like you're excited about it, right? It's a, it's yeah. a, it's an achievement. It's like somebody goes for 30 kills. It's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. That's special. That's great. I, I'm talking a little bit about that, but I'm talking more about the stuff that like is not good or bad. It's just super rare. So like, I, would, I would probably say, um, ejections more than one ejection a game. Cause I haven't seen. I haven't seen a person get ejected from a game more than once. Like I've, in, I've in actually, that's a good point. I've never seen anybody get ejected from a game. That or someone's actually like started a fight, physical fight in a, in a bit of a ball. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Fights are definitely rare. I mean, but that's bad, right? Like that's a bad, that's bad. That's really bad. But like, you know what's so rare just, that that's that's a big rush? I really appreciate the reverse sweep. Like you go down two, Garrett, yeah, and you come back yeah. in five. Like the the reverse sweep is a pretty big rush. But dude, that happens so often. That's true. That's true. I've done that, and it's happened to me so many times. <laughs> like it's so not rare. Well, it's not that's fun when saying. it happens to you, but when you do no. it, you feel all world. But would you? But would you count it if it's rare? If like if you do a, a, a reverse sweep. The fish are also down by like more than like three points. Like right. Four, okay. Three, but we've points. seen the comebacks, right? You can, yeah. you can imagine you've been in it, right? Uh, here's another example of what I'm talking about. A six person substitution. Oh, I've never seen that. Coach comes up, sub six entire lineup swap. Like when do you ever see that? Never. I mean, why, why would be my first answer, but maybe that is the rarity to it. But uh, well, Okay, well, why would we do a quad timeout, Josh? But we already decided that we're yeah. definitely doing that. Yes. So you're just trying right? to find weird rules that don't get abused very often. 
just weird stuff. You know what's rare that works really well, Garrett? That, that is actually rare, and, and I don't encourage club coaches to do this. When friends of the show, Jake McNeil and Robbie Abrams, uh, coached a club team, no matter what, they would choose the bench you took uh, at coin toss. So they weren't even doing like server receive. It's just like, I want that side. And it's just like, just annoying enough, Garrett, that you're like, I just set my bag down. Now we got to move. Everybody grab your stuff. Like, yeah. So the Georgetown impact when Jake was coaching them, I don't care side server receive, or excuse me, I don't care about server receive. I want your side. Yeah. Like side is an option to take indoors <laughs> and it's basically never taken. Yeah. But that is true. You do occasionally see somebody pick side. Either either in the in the first one or after the coin toss in the fifth set, you pick side <laughs> then. And I mean, in club, it's annoying. I'm thinking in university, like we pick the same bench every time, Garrett. If somebody took our side from the start, that would be like it, it would go to words. I think I wouldn't go to a fight, but it would like somebody would have to make a comment, I think. Right. So listen up. If you're coming to York University to play and you want to get in their head, pick side. <laughs> Definitely. Can you, can you imagine that at OUA or even like a VNL match? Somebody picks side like and that just like just like stirs the pot right off the bat. Yeah, sure. I would love it in a VNL match. Are you kidding me? Like in VNL, like somebody comes out and goes for side like it's because at that level. Well, like come on, at one point, like a ribbon ace, whatever. Like, no, let's play the head game and get right in there. Definitely. Good one, Josh. Good one, Josh, on the side pick. Yes. I'm going to do it. We got to do it now. We got to pick size. Got to become a regular thing indoors. All right. What do you got, Jess? Come on. Josh brought you out. Now's the time to really prove your metal. Pull out an awesome rare volleyball sequence for us right now on the spot or else immediate clown of the week to Josh. Uh, a rare one will be a two ball serve receive. So like a passer passes the ball to the left side or in the straight pass, the swing. I've seen it once. Off serve receive, uh, the P2 passed it to the left side and he swings off right off, the, off that pass. That is super rare. I've actually never seen that happen Pac- live. Pac-Man has done it. Pac-Man, Pac-Man has done it. Yeah, Chris Tao did it in club. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly's team has done it before. Yeah, but if if you do it with a good hitter, don't you kind of wonder, like, why do you need that? What, you can't just hit it on a good set? Like, if you have enough control to pass it to a set, why don't you just pass it? Then set me. I think it's more so showing the server that it's an absolute muffin that we're, we're setting off ah. your ball here. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a forearm pass to set or like a volley? I'm pretty sure Tao oh. volleyed it and the guy. Yeah, and you swing it and yeah, so that's, that, that is that's rare. Everyone. But you you don't you don't even see that on pro, do you? Do you ever see like an international team try that? You I don't do think see occasionally like the, muffins at that level. You do see the occasional like free ball pass to like a pipe guy just yeah, to come yeah, in and yeah, hit yeah. it. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. that. That that has happened before. Like, I saw it too. Is like he's uh, one of the left side. And was, I don't know. If, I think it was in the Italian league. He swings out like a hard serve, and the it gets overpassed, and, and he comes out of nowhere. It's a back pipe, and overpasses the, uh, the overpass comes, and he swings from the pipe and scores it again. And then after, yeah. Uh, wait, he, 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 the overpass. Wait, wait. He hit it on one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hit it on one. So like he serves, the ball came over the net. And then he jumps from the, the from the from the six meter line and hits it again and scores. 
See, that's that, pretty that's cool because volleyball is like the ultimate team sport where you need other people to bop the ball with you. If you serve an absolute rocket and somebody overpasses it and you club that down on one, like just just go home. Like you've won that game. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if you have more than one contact in a rally and score a point without any of your other teammates touching the ball, that's just big. Right. In, in every any sense, that's big. You can't really do that in indoor as well as beach because beach, you could serve it, run up, get a slam block or something like that. Indoors, you can't really do that. Right. Right. You know, what um, also you rarely see indoors that I would love to see more is like a surprise on one, like a like a like a fire over right back free ball over scramble play fire right back for a surprise point. If it works, you look good. If it look if it doesn't work, you're getting subbed off. If it doesn't yeah. work, you look like a complete idiot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know what? Don't recommend there. So of all the ones we mentioned, don't try that one. You know, what's what's rare, Garrett, but that I would like to see become the norm is if somebody ever gets three aces in a row, I would like the whole crowd to run around going turkey, 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 like in bowling when you get three strikes in a row. I would like to normalize that the whole crowd gets to go, 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 and just run around crazy. So that would encourage more people to get three aces, Garrett, because I can't tell you how many times in the OUA somebody misses the third serve. Everyone's all world for two, but that third serve never goes in yeah, bounds, sure. Garrett. Man, think, okay, but Josh, come on, dude. Think how many cool sports traditions there are with threes, getting three of something. How many cool traditions there are in sports? And you pick the lamest one. No, three aces is not lame, and turkey is cool. Turkey is not cool. Gobble, 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 turkey, turkey, turkey is lame as heck, Josh. Okay, what would you like the crowd to do if there was three aces in a row, Garrett? Throw their hats on the court. Like in, in, <laughs> oh, it's uh, a hat trick? Oh. In hockey? Hello? That's a cool one. Here's another one, Josh. That, that, cool. Three triple 20s in a row in darts. What do they do? They go crazy. 180 maximum. And everybody cheers. That's a blast. Way cooler than turkey, 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 turkey. Okay, turkey's pretty cool, but second best, if the whole crowd yelled, got up together and yelled maximum together, I think that would be a cool moment. What I'm saying, Josh. Yeah. What I'm saying. You 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 also mentioned the turkey thing in like a rarity. Like there was any chance that that would ever happen. <laughs> like anybody's going to be that coordinated. You know what? Okay, Jazz. Let's get it going. At York, anytime somebody rips three aces in a row, this is the turkey trot. Turkey call. It's got to happen. Oh, no. Three aces no? in a row. I mean. We never, so we've never gotten three aces in a row, but we've gotten like back to back aces max. But like, if anything, we always, we always clap it in or like the crowd will like, Hey, Hey, and like that's all we like. Oh, clap it in the third one. Yeah. Like the slow clap. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe but that's why are, you haven't had three aces in a row. You guys put all the pressure on that. <laughs> this one's different. But there, are some, but there are some teams in the OUA that clap in at every serve. And it's, it's, every it's, it's, single one? Yeah. It's a bit much. A bit too much, though. Ooh. Am I allowed, am I allowed to name, name, name names or no? Well, you said there are teams. You said plural, Jazz. Like, there's multiple teams in the OUA. So I, yeah. Well, I won't say multiple teams. I was saying one specific team. Not the way there's one team in the OUA who claps, slow claps in every serve. Yeah. And you're scared to name that team. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm allowed to name names or no. It's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. They do it, right? Unless you're probably lying. Trans. Probably trans. You should no, only be lying. scared if you're lying. No, no, it's trans. It's probably trans. Trans has trans does that a lot. I mean, we we've gone to play at them twice over this other season, and every single time the server comes in, they're going like, hey, hey, and, and it actually something. It's, it's, and then like the whole crowd joins them with them, and it's it, it's not even like it, we get it for like game point you're like, really good like at, at the end of the set but it's like they'll start it from like just like serve one because the first serve they get they're going at it till the end of the match and it was like yeah so it's like it's like eight six and they're slow clapping yeah the, and they're still the clapping serve. yeah exactly okay yeah. does that is does that is that good for the vibe or is it a bit like mm. like because if the crowd's into honest, it they like it the crowd's into it yeah I mean to be honest like it does. It, it does get hard for like a, in general for like an athlete to play in like an overwhelming crowd and everything. So then I, I, that's true. But like at one point, it also like because we were talking about it, about, about it, and it was like I, I just as like us, the, whole, the teammates, I was like, like if it doesn't, because it doesn't seem to bother us, like the, the opponents. But like, don't you think it, uh, it, it affects uh, your own team because you're clapping it so much every single time, and then like you have you have that pressure, and again like knowing. Like again, knowing like if you're playing, playing against them, you're, you're probably gonna have a lot of like either misserves or like like serves that are going back wall. And it's like, and so it, it, sometimes it helps them, sometimes it doesn't. It's like, uh -huh. well, maybe they should start clapping in the opponent and really put the pressure on and like really build up that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a thing, Josh? Yeah. You'd want to see yeah. is the crowd like cheering for the opponent in a way that's going to add to the pressure of the situation. So when Redeemer hosted OCAA men's one year, Garrett, uh, their gym was actually quite small. Like it, they put a couple hundred people in there and it feels full and they had the drum going and they were chanting miss. And I thought that was like a really cool environment to like put a little pressure on the team. Good. We get a little home court advantage going. We're like a couple hundred rowdy students uh, chanting miss at your server. That's pretty cool. That's harsh. Yeah. That's intense. That's a punch in the mind. Segwaying to the other thing I wanted to talk about is I was ch joking with my buddies the other day because we all played for Crush. We played for a team. We had my biological father as our coach. And my buddy is getting married. Um, and we're talking about bachelor party and we were joking that we should go and have a bachelor party where you just get all the guys, you go away on a retreat and you just call each other out May style for the entire weekend and just grill each other till, till you fold up and then repeat. And we were killing ourselves laughing because it's a bit of an inside joke, but it got me thinking because we all know what that means. Like the coach, like getting into your head, like mentally, like punching the mind, putting the pressure on. So I, I wanted to get a sense of like, how regular is this with other people? So let me, let me see if I can drum an example. Let's see if I can see if I can grill jazz right now. So it would be something like this. Jazz, do you, do you think you're the best setter in, uh, in the OUA? See, I've already folded him up, Josh, because he can't even respond because he's so shook by my comments. Let me try it with you, Josh. See if you can withstand the pressure. Okay. So it'd be like, okay, Josh, are you 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 seriously cre are you creating a high performance environment in your uh, next gen coaching? 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you know that for a fact, you, there's nothing you could be doing better. Just because you're, you could do better. I don't think it doesn't mean you aren't doing something. Well, high performance environment, right? You got to create kind of the best, the best mentality, right? But does that mean it has to be at its best? Like it's a, like a finished product or something? Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be good enough to be the best. Good enough. If you're trying to create the best. You got to be the best. Oh, oh, he's back. Yeah, no, we, we listen. Okay. We get it. Jazz. It cut out. No, we know I completely folded you up. So that's what happened. And now I'm grilling Josh. And I think everybody's getting his, I don't know if you're getting a sense, but like that back and forth, like Josh, you're hanging with me because you're unintimidated by me. I just right. don't like the, the word choice of best there. I think that's what I, I'm hung up on here is you, you don't, you're turning, you're I'm turning best it off like it's a finished product just, here. I'm just <laughs> bothering true. you. I'm just yeah. bothering you, basically. Right? Like That's true. I, Your dad was very gifted to that. He would ask you a question and you would answer, and he would just kind of give a pause and be like, huh. And then you'd like start to like, what is he hind about? Like, what is he so hesitant about? And then he would ask like a follow-up question, and then you start spinning your wheels a little bit. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, like why? And then then, it, then we go a layer deeper. Let's go a layer deeper, Josh. Why is my word choice of best bothering you so much? Unless you, if you really thought you were the best, why would you even be bothered by it? Because uh, once again, they're treating best as in like it, it's done, like it can't get any better. Where I think things could always get better, Gary. You're always adjusting, always moving. No, you can get better, but being the best. Like, like, let's give an example. Norway is the best men's team in the world, but guess what? They keep winning tournaments. They keep getting better at things, Garrett. So like Norway two years ago, they're better than they were now, but two years ago, they were still the best. You know what I mean? Like it's not a finished thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, it's not. You said that, that when I said yes, you're like, there's nothing you could be doing better. So you you're therefore implying that like, this is the top of the mountain and there's nowhere to go where I'm saying that there's still more. Yeah, there's definitely more, but you are the best as well. The best compared to what, I guess, is the question here. Hmm. Well, in the world, what else are we trying to do here? In the world? No, we're not the best in the world. We don't have the best environment in the world. No. Yeah, why not? Funding. If I had more money, if we had more listeners for the show, Garrett, if we had more resources, then I'd be the best in the world. See, making a joke, escaping <laughs> from it. Jazz, oh, you got, okay. you got lucky. Okay. Cause that, that honestly, some people are super into to listening to people talk like that. Right. That kind of, um, you know, like really just semantics, like pushing each other, just like challenging each other. Some people are super into that. Some people, while we were doing that, Josh, people left the episode, like people turned it off. Probably. Wow. While we were talking like that, because so that's the kind of mentality that my biological father would bring to to. Our what's the, what's the end game when you're having these conversations? Obviously, if you're being honest and you're trying to get like to the root of it to maybe like make some changes or get to the solution. But if you're just doing this to like make things uncomfortable, that kind of makes you a jerk, I think. Well, you're there's definitely a piece in it of being a bit of a jerk. Like and and that's why you've heard me talk before about just like the best people in the world, the best in the world and anything are a little bit crazy. Like you have to be a little bit crazy to be the best in the world. and. So how do you, how do you get somebody to that when they're not, you know what I mean? It's not, you're not going to be nice. You're going to get there by being nice necessarily. Like, like, Oh, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, no, like there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pushing. So I agree that it being a bit of a jerk, but it definitely also gives you a tough skin 
puts pressure on you in situations that are not volleyball related and has you dealing with that. So you kind of, you kind of get used to it a little bit. And so I just wondered, is that like, is that a foreign idea? Is that something that a lot of people do? Because I know that at the highest level, those people have dealt with it in some way or another, those Norway guys, they are definitely dealing with that somehow. Right. So I wondered, Hey, jazz, has anybody ever grilled you like that? Is this the thing that people do? Yes. Yeah. My dad has your dad. Yeah. I mean, like Josh knows a lot about about my, my past and my my history of my dad and stuff. So again, my dad, maybe it's a dad thing. Maybe it is. Cause again, like he's been strict on me ever since I was a little kid. And then he played team India, uh, back when he was, uh, um, in this country and then came over here and stuff. And then like ever since I was a little kid, like I was just a little kid, like I was getting that, like, Oh, being strict on me. Like, Oh, like, like I, I could have one good tournament in the, in, in the OVA. Like, dad, I got home. I think I'm good. And then he's like, do you really think you're really good? You, 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 I, 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 I remember seeing you miss five stars in this game. This and that. Like, oh, bring down all the negatives and make me feel like shit the next day. I'm like, I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not the best. I was like, you gotta keep working on more and more. Like even like even like the day uh, the the time when I made national team. Uh, oh my god, dad! Like, oh, I finally got, finally got the national team. And then he, he's, he's like, yeah, but do you, like, like, are you like 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 where you ranked? Like, how how are you gonna be? Like, are you trying to like? Just be the guy that, that that just makes it, or are you just trying to be the guy that, that plays in it, or are you trying to be the guy that does other cases, right? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's kind of, okay. Like, so jazz on. gets jazz gets exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like this is exactly what I'm talking about. So let's use another example that's maybe more accessible. It's like Tiger Woods, right? What was Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods' dad was so hard on him as a kid. He had him out there as a kid, like doing this, like a lot of pressure, right? But that guy goes to become one of the greatest athletes sport athletes of all time. Right. So it's like diamonds are forged under extreme pressure. So yeah, there's definitely a bit of like, it's not nice. It's not, it's not being, it's not fun. It's not, but is it, is it definitely helpful in some ways? And, and should we do this more, Josh? I struggle with it so much, man. I struggle with this so much. Well, just quick segue. I think the one part that I took from Tiger Woods story that I thought was awesome was his dad never told him to play golf when he got to a certain age, Tiger had to ask. So I think there was like a little bit of internal manipulation there too, where it's just like, it wasn't, he got home from school and his dad's like, come on, we're going to the course. It was like, dad, can we go to the course? So I thought that was cool. But anyways, yes, he was very strict and very hard where, oh, Garrett, just... What's what's the end game? So you're saying your dad wanted you to be the best in the world. That's why he spoke to you like this. Like like, does it leave volleyball? Was he like this with like your math homework too? Like uh, I'm trying to figure out what what we're pushing and prodding for. Yeah, Yeah. it was a sphere of influence over my life. There would be areas where he would, but then it would get further out from the core of it, and then it was far nicer and you know so. is is the process of asking these questions and getting you to reflect to me where, where you were kind of leading me it, where my brain was going is like you get upset when somebody feels like they're questioning like your values or like your work ethic, like what you take seriously. So if you start to reflect and Garrett catches me being like, Oh, maybe I'm not like working the hardest or maybe I'm not doing extra. I'd be like, well, those are things that like are, are part of my value system and part of my family's value system. So maybe if I'm not doing those things, that's going to switch me on versus like, if you just keep questioning, if I think I'm the best in the world and I say, I'm not like, I don't get annoyed or like fired up by that. You know what I mean? So I think you got to attach to something that somebody's going to respond to. I think. 
Right. Yeah. But so that that's the piece is you'll always. So this is the technique that I have I guess I don't want to say I've like learned, but just through osmosis. Right. Like dealing with it. And my dad and Marquise and John Child and all these guys and Rich Van Heusen loves like loves it, like loves the loves that sort of energy. Right. So you'll inevitably try to find that. What's the thing that's going to push this person to 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 do to act to do something to change to question their situation right so yeah like josh if we had to continue down that road we may have gotten to the point where i go well you're really not working hard enough to be the have the best high performance environment in the world like you know the type of commitment that it takes to do that you clearly don't which would probably piss you off right but at the same time it may make you work harder work smarter do something differently to be better so yeah i'm i'm a jerk definitely if i say that but does it help you yeah i think i think it does cuz like i think the best example that i could like relate to that is for for me brother so Floyd Mayweather is 15 and 0. This guy's not lost a single fight, and he he had the opportunity. He made a lot of money. He had the opportunity to go with the part of the best trainers in the world, like at that time when he was when he was fighting. But he still chose to stick with beside his dad. And his quote was, "He's like, he's like, no one's gonna push me as as, as much as my as, as much as my father would, knowing that because he knows me personally, and he and he's gonna push me past my limits." We're like again, so it's like so example like examples are like when. A coach, and because again, like there's like always, there's always a, a, like a certain line that you can't cross between like a coach and and an, an athlete. It doesn't matter how close you guys are, how not, how, how how you're not. And but like when you know when you have someone that's like really personal, like personally close to you in a way, like like that, and that, that knows you very well and can push you to the, to the, like the max. I think that's what that's what it was like. I was like like the way the way the way my father did it with me, he's the exact same with my 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 little brother. And like there will be times where like I would do it, I would do that with my brother too. Would be like, like he would be like he'd be like, like we'll be practicing. He'll be like, I'm I'm tired. I'm like, no, you're not. Just keep going. You got five more, five more. Then, and then it's like, I think it's more yeah. of based off relationship as well. So it's like, yeah, man. Thing. And you know what the piece too is interesting now that you say that is like it must be because it doesn't it doesn't work, Josh. Here's when it doesn't work. It doesn't work when there's not love and trust there right because then you're just you're just burying somebody and there's no there's nothing else there but probably why it's so much more natural or easier or more common to see that in parents rather than coaches is because the parent raised a child and you you have a, a already a bond a loving bond between parent and child that is there so when you are in a coaching scene that's there in the background so when i you know when a parent pushes a kid the kid knows the parent loves them or we hope we hope they do uh we hope most of the time they do you know the 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 parent if the kid is upset or the kid talks back the parent still knows the kid loves them we hope but they can manage that because of that relationship so um that piece is definitely missed a lot i think and it i don't know it's it's a lot it's tough to talk about this especially with men josh to talk about like building love and trust between like between two otherwise strangers so that we can get to that point because the, the norway guys is one of their parents involved in their team 
Yeah. Oh, well, their family is a long, long, like they're, I think other than Christian, like even Matthias Bernstein is a cousin uh, of like the, the Olympian family. So like they're, they're long connected. Yeah. Yeah. That probably helps, right? You just have that familiarity. Like think about the Grimaults, man. They're not like the biggest flashiest team out there, but I bet they get into some stuff, but they get over it because, you know, they get through it and are better for it because they're family. I've sat close enough and hopefully Megan and Nicole don't mind me saying this, but twins, they have like the, when things are going wrong, they have the most blunt conversations and they don't hold grudges. They just go for it. So like, I've heard them say some pretty like offside stuff to each other and then go out and win the set. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. So like, I don't know, like I, I, I struggle with, here's why I struggle with it to kind of bring it full circle. It's like, it is such an intimate and challenging thing to do. But I that's the only way that I've ever seen people rise to be champions. So can you give an example on Rich's side? Because I think sometimes as a fan, we get too caught up that like, okay, Crush was successful. So this must have worked. Or Mark and John did it in their Olympic medals. This must have worked. Or don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I I respect what Rich did. Rich is a top 10 in the world. He's a national champion. I think Rich met his potential. But maybe to a casual fan or a pessimist, they might say, oh, well, he never really went like that far. He never did that much. So like, if you're saying this got Rich to his potential, like what switched him on? Because it wasn't his parent coaching him. He probably got into this through your dad or, or Mark and John and stuff. So like, What's is it just the concept of being challenged or, or owning up to who you think you are? Or what, what did a player like Rich get switched on about this? Yeah, well, he, he's the kind of guy who just loves that sort of stuff, right? Like he gets loves to get deep, loves to get into it. So like being challenged in that way, he's incredibly quick. A strength of his, he's incredibly quick to be vulnerable. So, you know, that's a very vulnerable thing to do to put yourself out there and welcome that. So that's kind of a superpower of his. So I would say that's why it worked super well with him. Um, like it's crazy thing. My dad and Rich are great friends, but they got in a bar fight to get with each other one time, like, well, a fight. They were getting into it at the at a bar somewhere, getting into it. And my dad, it gets physical I think my dad pushed Rich. Like my dad pushed him or so or slapped him, maybe. He should tell this story. We should get him to tell this story. But my dad basically just grabbed Rich by the hair and crumpled up into a ball on the ground and before they both were kicked out by the bouncers. So there was no fight. But it was like that's the type of intensity. And and then I don't know. They they got through it. They got over it. They're still, you know, like it, they were they were maybe better for it, maybe no worse for wear. So um like I, I I don't know, like beach volleyball definitely has a lot of mental skills. So like that definitely, I think all of that probably helped rich. Um, but like, you still, you still have to train and be a great volleyball player. Like you're not going to, you know, so, um, like, it's not like it's just going to help on its own. Right. Like if I go challenge the worst player in the world mentally and they become a champion mentally, they still suck at volleyball. It's not gonna <laughs> do anything. No, I don't think you're you're changing a, a D plus athlete into an A plus athlete, but this might turn a B minus into an A or or a C minus into a B. Like I think yeah. you can make some yeah. gains here. I'll give you a great like, example, man. With, Brink, with, with, Brink with Julius Brink is is a great example of a guy who's really was really not that good, um, but just tough as nails. That guy, one of the toughest dudes you'll ever meet gold medalist the olympics like how do you i don't know so um sorry jazz i interrupted you but yeah i think like again like i think this is what uh 
um, is like the missing piece between like guys. Like, so like, again, like like me and Josh and like, like our coach at like at York, we we probably talked. But like this is where like uh, it defines like the like the top ten percent of your team to like the bottom like eighty to the the, the tens. Whereas like it's all about mindset too. I think like it's a helpful it's a helpful tool where like yeah like when you push a person like to its limits and then that also that also makes them stronger uh mentally as well right and maybe make them mentally stronger so it's like so then they won't be as nervous because again there's been times like a lot of guys like will like admit to it that they got nervous and end up in a big game they're like a big crowd and everything like that and then like, but like knowing that you you have already you, you go through on a daily basis with like your coaches or your, like, your dad or whoever whoever it is that you're doing it with and then that no that that moment just becomes a more for you. It's like okay, I've been through this like multiple times. This is another moment for me. Like let's get over with it and move on and move on with the, with the day. With the day. So it was like that's that's like one of them. And like the other one I was thinking about when we had a conversation was like as much as we talk about like how like oh like, like a, a coach could push an athlete, how like how would it be relevant? I imagine like how um so like instead of like saying like oh like I want. Like I want to push my athlete to the, to the certain peak of the thing. Imagine if if, if the roles are switched, where like players want to play for a coach, like players want to go out out of their own way, like to do the extra like the extra stuff, like extra reps, like okay, like he wants me to do this and that, like like if you if you if you, if you have that type of relationship with like a coach that that you, that you really want to play for, like I I, I could bet I could give you like a couple of like. They present probably one of them, like probably a lot of guys that, especially in Mac too, like they'll probably go out there, like they'll probably throw their body out on the line just for just to pay for that guy. Like it's like really nice guy, great, great, great guy, great coach and everything. Another example will probably be like Ben Joe from Fraternity. Like again, he coached me in the summer. Like I, I got to see him like on, 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 on like face to face. So it was like pretty, pretty, like pretty. It was a, it was a pretty cool thing. So I'm like, that could be also like, also be a game changer too, as much as we like, want coaches to push athletes. But there are also times where like athletes automatically just get influenced by coaches, like the way they the way they coach and teach others, and, and, and like a different aspect of life and volleyball. So, yeah, great points. And Josh, I think let's let's get you, let's get Josh Nickel to the place where people are throwing their bodies on the line to play for you. I know you're capable of it, Josh. So, so what was going to happen here is Josh got to get himself to a point where Jazz you have enough love and trust in Josh that he can push you aggressively. That just needs to happen. Right. Yeah. That's the key here. I think that's where it gets abused. And I think that's where movies lead us wrong. Was it where like coaches try to like go and be tough on guys and rip them up. If it's not coming from a place of love, then it's, it's not genuine. And the person is going to, they're not going to respond the way you think they are. I think so yeah. that, that that's the biggest challenge is you got to have some, some trust equity, some love equity before you can yeah. push these buttons. I think. Okay. So yeah. lesson, lesson for everybody, go to your coaches, teammates, players, look them dead in the eye, look them dead in the eye and say, I love you. Safe sport fit into all of this, Garrett. I think that's <laughs> no, no. What do you mean? Safe sport? I love you. What do you mean? Safe sport is come on. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> Okay, Josh brought up safe sport. It's a signal that we should move on to everybody's favorite. 
week. Uh, players and clowns of the week. Um, I'm glad you guys are getting into it. I'm glad we got jazz coming out, giving us some stuff. We got some stuff to bond about, about our biological fathers. Oh, I forgot to mention jazz. If you want to get some power back from your dad, just refer to him as biological father. It's just a bit of a, bit of a twist on it. <laughs> just get some power back. Um, anyways, I'm going to go first because my players of the week are pretty lame. I think I have an okay clown, but my players of the week are pretty lame. So here's my players of the week just to set the stage. So first off, it's got to go to Kelly Smith, Kelly Smith. Congrats player of the week. We're trying to get the pack men view here. So do you think jazz, if I give player of the week to Kelly Smith, we may get some of that. For sure, hundred percent. For sure, a hundred percent. And Kelly Smith is the player of the week. Absolutely. Um, continuing on, I've got another one just to hedge my bets, as you know, I like to do. Josh, another player of the week goes to Sean McKay for coaching the Saskatchewan men's volleyball team and dominating Team Ontario with Jazz on it. So sorry, Jazz. Sean McKay gets a player of the week. Feel it. Congrats, Sean, for beating a guest on the show. Keeping things rolling. Another player of the week goes to Heather Bansley for just absolutely dominating Josh. Not not anything special, but just on a daily, daily basis in the workplace. So congrats, Heather, for being just so much better than Josh. How'd I do, guys? Was that pretty good? They're speechless. All right. Who's going next? My players of the week. Over. That was that was pretty average effort, Garrett. I think you're just trying to you're, well, you're, I, you're being antagonist I, I at this it, point. I, I prefaced it by saying they weren't good. So at least if they were average after me saying they were going to be bad, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Start a sentence with with all due respect and then just say whatever you want after it. And then say, oh, yeah, I said with all due respect. Uh, Jazz, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Uh, so for me, I have two guys. Uh, it's uh, Devin Cooney from Brock. Uh, I think he had a really good weekend against Queens thing. And then um, other one probably has to be uh, Max from uh, Mac. Uh, he, uh, we, we played him last weekend. He had a pretty good, uh, he had a really good performance. I think he had a high number, passing well, serving, everything was on, 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 on spot for him. So Josh, this is like the third week in a row or something. I feel like where we're, we're having, this is a bit of a trend this year for people to give players of the week to players who just beat them. It's like a bit of a, a bit of a thing that's forming. So, I mean, congrats to those two on great weekends, but uh, gosh, we got some nice people trying to like be good sports here on the show. So I don't know what it is, but Garrett, I've never seen uh, Maxime Graton play live before, but if you were there, you would have given it to him too, because we had guys absolutely ripping spin serves and he was just like throwing arms at it, passing nails. They were running middles off it. I don't think we stopped him at the net all game. Like he was just, I think he blocked middle one rotation just for fun to show how good he is. He could do, he can do it all. He had a great game. So anyways, that's, that's my added Garrett. Uh, my players of the week, I'll give a, a soft one and asterisk. This one isn't an official one, but I would just like to thank whoever made the schedule in the OUA because it was all meaningful games leading down the stretch here, Garrett, where the, the playoffs are going to come down to one or two games and whoever had the foresight to make the schedule, the teams who need the wins are playing each other. So it's really meaningful down the end. And it's not just at the top, Garrett, like even Trent played RMC. So then like near the end of their season, they're still playing meaningful games, going to five, trying to win games where like TMU lost to Waterloo 
in like a must win game. Uh, Toronto split with Nipissing, so that kind of slid the standings a little bit. Uh, Brock beat Queens, which like kind of shuffled the deck as well. Like there was just so many meaningful matches going on. And this weekend, uh, your York Lions, Garrett, as we're recording this, we play Windsor, and that has huge implications where like the winner of this series can finish as high as second, the loser can drop to like four or five. So again, I don't know who made the schedule, but I think they're a bit of a time traveler because they 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 made it work for this. So uh, not my official player of the week, but I just want to say for our sport, this is pretty cool. But our, our my actual player of the week, the first one I'll give to um, Sven Trudell from the Cambrian Golden Shield in the OCAA, Garrett. They finished third this year. They have a really good team, and he's a big part of it. He got 16 kills against Niagara to beat them 3-1, 19 points on the match. And against Conestoga, a five-set win, 26 points. He basically won a set by himself. So the Cambrian Golden Shield, they're kind of an off-and-on team, Garrett. Sometimes strong, sometimes not. 13-5, and five, good enough for third in the OCAA. So shout-out to Sven Trudell. He used to be a beach guy. Hopefully we can get him back eventually. And my other player of the week uh, goes to Western's Janelle Albert, putting up Garrett Bay-like stat lines. 22 kills, 8 airs on 50 attempts, throwing another 3 aces, good enough for 26.5 points to beat McMaster. That puts the Western Lady Mustangs in sole possession of second place in the OEA. So just a great time of year, Garrett. But I just love when people get, like, volume, but they actually get kills out of it, too. It's one thing to set a player 60 times, but if they only get, like, 12 kills, who cares? But 22 on 50, and she got over 26 points? Not not too shabby. Yeah, that's pretty good. I love that you called it Garrett May numbers appropriate because you're talking about the Western Mustang. So appreciate that. And I love to see the, the Cambrian Golden Shield do well. I mean, I love to see that. I mean, those folks, I love to see them do well. Keep it up. Dominate. Hope they get a win in the playoffs. That'd be a blast. Um, so thanks, Finn, for that. Uh, and thank you, Josh. I mean, you, you, but you prefaced with an asterisk player of the week. You didn't want to go the whole way, but like, it sounds like a legit player of the week. I mean, as a fan, Garrett, it made it super interesting because I've been checking the standings and results. I don't know who deserves credit. Maybe it's a robot who made the schedule. No, I think it's an actual person. But, like, I think that's all you can ask for from the schedule is playing meaningful matches down the stretch. So as I kind of scroll through, Guelph plays RMC, and somebody might say, well, they're playing RMC. If they don't win, Garrett, they don't make the playoffs. So it's like a must-win game against RMC. How often do you get to hear that? Like I said, we play Windsor. Uh, TMU, because they dropped the ball to Waterloo, now has to beat McMaster, which is would be their first loss of the year. Uh, uh, Queens plays Waterloo. You would say like, oh, Queens should win that one. But if Waterloo wins both, I think they can force a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. So, man, what a weekend we are ahead of that uh, is already passed by the time this episode airs. But uh, I'm still hyped up. Yeah. So check what happened. I mean, did it go well? Did did was it fun? Who knows? Okay, move on. celebration that the York Lions made final four, Garrett. I'm just going to preemptively congratulate the York Lions for being in the final four as this episode airs. OK, we'll see how that ages. Um, comment down below if he's wrong about that one. <laughs> but uh, all right, we got to get going here because we've talked a lot about cool stuff, but we got to get to the clowns of the week and we don't have much time left because, again, we, we don't know what time it is. We don't know what day it is. We don't know where it is. But we know that I got to go. So let's get to this. So I'll start it off with my clowns of the week. So I kind of have, well, we'll see how it goes. So this week I have a clownception, Josh, a clown within a clown, a, a layered clownness. So let's see how this goes. So my clown of the week goes to Capilano University, um, played them in the regular season, and they're, they like to take timeouts. After they give up a run of points, after they side out, they take a timeout. 
So it's kind of interesting. So, you know, say they go, say it's three all, they go down eight three, then they score eight four, timeout. They'll take a timeout. So it's kind of an, kind of a unique timeout strategy. But cloud of the week for that happening four times in a row where they do that and come out and miss the serve. Like, uh, unbelievable like you're gonna take a time out fine but get your damn serve in afterwards like what a weird series of volleyball but josh here's why it's a clownception because douglas college the team that i work with lost to capilano in that game doing that clown move so who's the real clown here josh the team who does the timeout and miss the serve after the timeout or the team who loses the team doing that clown move so that's why it's a bit of a clownception. So a couple of just it wasn't a fun fun night really for anybody. It sounds like, but um, yeah, a couple of clown activities that game. Sounds of the week, tough, tough. Uh, I'll, I'll go second, Jazz, just so you can think about it because I know I guess usually have the most trouble with clown of the week. I don't like to call people out. Garrett, my, mine is an assist from one of our beach athletes who coaches club who had one of the worst referee experiences they've ever had. Uh, so imagine you're coaching 16 year boys and, and you're at a club tournament and you know, the refs who are like extra sticklers, like the jersey's got to be tucked in. The score sheet's got to be done just right. The coin toss, the protocol. Well, they didn't give this athlete a timeout because they didn't actually do a scan before the point was played. And then they just blew in the whistle. So this, this person tried to call timeout, didn't get it. And then like made a comment to the ref. So sure enough, that's a, yellow card so we're already off on like a, a bad foot that like they're they're a stickler for the rules but they don't actually know that like how to like feel the game scan see if the coach wants to time out all that stuff but the, the one that got me garrett was uh after the the boys shake hands apparently the referee was like nowhere to be found like they were standing by like between the baseline and, and the attack line on the far side so you shake hands with your opponent and then the, the guys just return to their bench and grab their stuff because it's a club tournament you got to eat you got to play your next game or whatever uh the ref came and found them and gave them a red card for not shaking their hand and thankfully, I don't know their name. The, the head official of this tournament intervened and said, like, OK, like, I understand, like, sportsmanship. They need to shake hands like this is this is wrong. But to give them a red card, it seems like a bit excessive. Like, this is a teachable moment. How about we just speak to the boys? And the, the official doubles down, Garrett, and says, no, no, this is my judgment call. It's not protestable. They get a red card. So it, it's just interesting where I think 99 out of 100 OVA refs are probably good people and doing it for the right reasons. But every once in a while, you find that one power tripping ref who awarded a red card at the end of a match to a team for not shaking his hand when he wasn't even in the shaking hands line. So I don't know. I just don't like power tripping refs like this, Garrett. Well, an absolutely meaningless red card in, in a match that is over. Right. Right. So just a spite card. Like, why, why stop there? Why not give, give them all the cards? Give them a delay warning at the end of the game, then say, now, you know what? Yellow. Then go, okay, here's the red. Like, give them all the cards. Why? Who cares? The game's over. It doesn't matter. The game's over. There's just this huge report on the score sheet of all the things you did wrong after the last point. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, when did they get the red card? Well, it was 25 21. Wait a minute. The game's over. <laughs> like, on Game Boy? Like, who cares? That is a very weird story. And, uh, a, a definite earning of clown of the week. A big clown move. Okay. Clown move. Jazz, what do you got for us, buddy? I'm still thinking about it. I, I, right now, I'm like, I, got, I got nothing on this right now. You're not going to call anybody it. out. He's, you got too, nothing? he's too much of a sweetheart. He's too much of a softie. He can't do it. Yeah, maybe. These Pac-Man guys, they act tough, Garrett, but when they're called to a decision, they can't make it. They can't actually... Uh, <laughs> 
That's that's. I mean, I'd probably if we, if anything, I probably have to climb the week. It'll probably be. Uh, I was like, like, like again, like Josh said, like the the good the good thing was our, our schedules are pretty like unique. But like, uh, there were times where like, our schedule were like kind of shit. Where like uh, I remember we had we had to play um, Trent on a Friday, and then we finished that around like. 10, 30, 11, got back home, got back back to New York around 12, 31, and then we woke up the next day around 9, 9 a.m. just to go to go up and play at a, at, on, a, on a 3 p.m. game. So it was like, I think those were those, I think that's more of like a thing where it's like, because like, it happens, uh, uh, that was the first time, no, that was the second that happened. The first time was we played, a, we played UFT on a Friday, and then the next day, yeah, we had to go right straight to golf, play at play at six PM. And it was like just chaos, like guys enough we were covering. Okay. Uh, I so, see how yeah. it is. You, you, that's why Josh didn't give a full player of the week because he knew you were going to come up with a clown of the week to the schedule maker. So you guys, you guys need to maybe figure out your opinion on this. So it is meaningful matches. Like there have been a few. It. There have been a few odd ones where Mac went to London on a Friday, then went home, and then came to us on a Saturday. I thought that was weird. Or the one that uh, my friend Stephen Abrams, who plays us this weekend yeah. at Windsor, he's a little upset yeah. that he's going to play us at eight o'clock on Friday and then sit around in a hotel room and play us again eight o'clock on Saturday and get on a bus and go back to Windsor. Why couldn't the Saturday game be an afternoon? I don't know. It seems like a bit of a weird schedule that way, too. Yeah, well, you know what? Who really cares? Because it's all behind us now. We Again, we, we <laughs> don't know what time it is, but we know this has all already happened. So it's over now. How did it turn out? York is apparently in the Final Four. We don't know this for sure, but congrats to them. Congrats on a great career to all their seniors who may, I don't, maybe their season's over. We don't know. This is the fun about the show, Josh, is you can make predictions like this. And when somebody's listening to it, it's happened. So you really lay it on the line there. So anyways, we, we've gone, we're, we're, we're going too late. We we've, we've had enough of your time, jazz. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Uh, bringing some insight um, to the show. Thank you so much. Um, and Josh, pleasure as always let's let's get your high performance scene let's get that going right that's the tape or is it you're gonna go say i love you directly to the 12 i, I gotta like, yeah the practice tomorrow is gonna be so fired up and they're gonna be like what got into you and i'll be like jazz and garrett punched me in the mind on sharp cuts last night but you won't hear this episode for three weeks but when you do it'll punch you in the mind but but you should start with i love you and then say that right yes okay but then HR comes around and we're having problems. So anyways, <laughs> that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.